Hello and welcome to the Jordan Paris Show. Today I want to dive into a couple of buzzwords, namely diversity and inclusion. I think a lot when I think of those words. To discuss this with me today, I have with me my friend Danique Blake. Danique and I have gotten to know each other a little bit over the past couple of months. I love what she posts on LinkedIn about diversity and inclusion. It's a bit of a different message than what you'd typically hear about diversity and, in and inclusion. She's not af afraid to be politically incorrect, and she makes no apologies about it. And that's why I like her. Danique, welcome. Hi, Jordan. I feel like it's, it's sad times where we're having to actually use the terms diversity and inclusion or defend the term diversity and inclusion because, you know, for me, diversity and inclusion means a mixture of everything. But what we're getting at the moment is some people's thoughts and some other thoughts being told that they are not acceptable in the room. Right. And I want, I want to get to that. As a precursor, tell people exactly what it is that you do. Okay. So I um, run this small business from London here in the UK. Yes, yes. You're in the UK. That's important to note. Yes. Yeah. And I do work with global clients and I have global partners also. But what I do is I help businesses to be actually diverse and inclusive. So to have people in the room who think differently, not just look different. And I find that that's always a challenge because we, we find that there are people in the room who have different thoughts, not necessarily dangerous thoughts, who are told that their thoughts are not acceptable. So then I dig a little bit deeper with a company to find out why some conversations are okay and some aren't. Yeah. You've described to me uh, on a couple of occasions, companies, people hiring you for the wrong reasons, so to say. <laughs> yes. Can you ex can you speak to that a little bit? Yeah, of course. So when I first started uh, my company, I was a little bit naive. So I had the words diversity and inclusion on my website and on my LinkedIn profile. And I clearly am a black woman. So I was having and being. I didn't know. Oh, you didn't. <laughs> Everybody else seems to recognize that in me. But I um, was being introduced to companies or being invited into companies based on what I look like and the fact that I had these words, diversity and inclusion of my website. And I soon found out and discovered as I did more and more workshops and programs with these companies that people thought I was controversial because I was walking into a room believing you know, the dictionary definition of diversity and inclusion and helping people to have conversations that were different and that were and allowing people to have some some critical thinking and, and allowing room for people to say, I actually just this isn't my preference. And people I was getting some feedback where people said we're not that's not OK. That's not cool, Danique. You've you've let people say that they don't understand they don't understand transgender. They don't understand why. Them what do you mean? How does this even? How does this even come up in the in the workplace? Like trans, yeah. transgender in the yeah. work. How, how does this come up? To, please, yeah. please enlighten. So, so um, I often, usually, as at the beginning of my programs, I start off with a short 
an hour long session where we just go through scenarios that could happen in the workplace. And I don't tell people how I think because I think it's best to be neutral when you're in the room. Yeah, a lot of power, by the way, is never never pick a side. Yeah, yeah. Well, and and of course, as a facilitator, you want to go in and you don't want to. I don't want to be the presence in the room. I want to be present in the room. So I often allow people to. I I give people these scenarios and I allow everybody in the team to to navigate these safely. So obviously, I don't let people use profanities. I don't let people use derogatory words as such, but I do let people navigate these conversations and then really, really, really think about why they feel the way they do. And often, it's often, for me, it's always the conversations around transgender where it becomes a little bit hostile. And for me, I I, I personally feel like whatever you do in life, however you present in life, these are your own personal choices. And sometimes my personal choices may make other people question or judge. So if I walked into a room with a big red nose ring (laughs) in my nose or a big hole in my face, people will judge me. Yeah, for sure. They would be more than within their right to because it's something that they hadn't seen or experienced before. People might judge me from a distance or people might even ask me questions about it and say you know why have you got a hole in your face why is there a big red nose ring in your nose and it would be up to me as a person who was comfortable in um, the way I presented in life to answer those questions and then also as a rational human being say I'm going to have this conversation or I'm not and that's it you know and we get on and we all enjoy work but what seems to happen in the workplace and especially when i present these scenarios to people is that some people's natural thought processes are censored oh <laughs> and often me because it's not politically correct it's it's well i mean these words aren't used you know because then obviously that opens up another can of worms use often it's you know through anonymous feedback where people say you allowed someone to hurt my feelings you allowed someone to say something that i didn't quite like and you know when i dig deeper i'm a very compassionate person so i will have these conversations with people and i dig a little deeper and i I say "Well, well what made you uncomfortable about it because Here were the guidelines in the room. We were all allowed to say how we felt in a rational way. So did you feel like the conversation wasn't rational or did it just hurt your feelings? What what would hurt somebody's feelings in in one of your workshops? Oh, lots of things hurt people's feelings in my workshop. So it hurts people's feelings if I say that some, or I recommend that they put someone qualified at the head of a department that that upsets people because I'm so somebody what do you by somebody qualified you mean the the best the most qualified person irregardless of skin color or other immutable characteristics yes yes so if I recommend to a team that they put someone for example if they had a post that was for diversity and inclusion officer or um, specialist and I say this person who just so happens to be a white male really has these qualifications and has studied x y and z they would tell me that he wasn't qualified enough 
because they want to hire, they want to be quote unquote diverse. They want to hire somebody of color or yeah. a female, perhaps. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They want, they want to, they want a virtue signal. They want to, they want it to appear diverse as opposed to Why? it actually being diverse. Why? And, and when I ask, it's because most companies who I've spoken to fear the backlash of being cancelled or yeah. have or fear that their reputation may be damaged because they don't look the part. Um, mm -hmm. But really what is actually damaging is that you've put someone who's not qualified into a position and that doesn't seem to resonate with people enough and they're not understanding why certain things are not working for them in their companies or in their businesses because they've put someone who looks yeah. the part but is yeah. not the part in a position. Yeah. Here's a funny example. I have a friend, Shay. She made a video about this. You probably know Shay on LinkedIn. And she was talking about a client of hers that this client called her so upset. It was the biggest predicament of his life. As he realized in his business, most of the leaders are in his business are, are white males. And he's like, I have to, I've done it all wrong. I have to tear the whole thing down. And she's like, wait a minute, hold up. You're making money, right? Like your business has been successful for a long period of time, right? Like what, what are you, you're creating problems where there are none. Yeah. This is often what we do as human beings. We see something in usually in the media that says this is a problem and then we turn it into bigger problems and then we chop them up into even yeah. bigger intersectional problems and uh, to which point we often ruin our businesses because we're not hiring or working with the people yeah. who help our business to grow we are picking people because of what they look like which is absurd to me yeah so I walk into a lot of businesses where similar scenarios and they are, you know, not they're not public businesses, they're private businesses. So someone like myself or you, we've started a business and more than likely we are going to select people. When we first start businesses, we are going to pick people that we enjoy working with. And the people that we know we enjoy working with tend to be people in our peer groups who just by often just naturally in every single category happen to be people who look and sound like us because we understand we like them people the most. Who like us. Yeah. We like people who, who look and who sound like, like us. Yes, exactly. We just, and that's it. And we tend to work naturally better with people who look and sound like us and that yeah. we are likable to. And it's not until our business develops and grows where we have, we feel like we have a set foundation where we can then start looking for a more diverse group of um, diverse yeah. group of individuals to come and do some of the additional jobs and tasks within yeah. the building. Often they will not be the first people that we put into at board level or in senior teams or because we already have those because we've been working with them to get our businesses off the ground. And it works like that, and that's what happens. What we, what, what, what people I, I think are upset about is that we have now more people from different backgrounds attending universities and gaining different types of qualifications and skills, um, not sitting in higher positions. But if we understand how old the capitalist world is, we'd understand that there will be a shift 
because it's quite new that we've had diverse people in these colleges and universities and schools and with MBAs. So possibly in about a decade or a couple of decades, we will see a difference in the workplace. But it has nothing to do with the fact that people don't want you at the table. It's just that they we are waiting for people to be qualified enough to be at the table. Right. I see what you're saying. So you're saying that this this shift towards real diversity is going to happen in naturally over over the next couple of decades. Can I? I actually I, I thought of something when you were talking too that when I when my podcast was called Growth Mindset University. Yeah. And back, I remember it was over a year ago before I really woke up politically, so to say. <laughs> I and I was like. Wow, you know, I was feeling guilty about how, wow, I have no, I, 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 I barely have women on my podcast. It's like two out of the ten guests that I have are, are women, and most are are white males, and yeah. And I was feeling like really guilty about it. And then I, I thought I was like, wait a second, we we like people who are are like us. I was very much on that line of thinking at this point. I grew up very naturally looking up to. Uh, people who who were who were like me for yeah. for better or worse i mean should should i feel guilty about that sort of thing Danique, or no well, what's your assessment no you shouldn't feel guilty for liking what you like it would be it would be as silly as me saying you should feel guilty for liking ice cream it's you know we like what we like until but i'm we... but i'm i'm racist no right do you know what i i if you are racist you are the best racist i have ever come across you know, I yeah. get to by the way, to... by the way, kidding, kidding for people who, <laughs> who don't no. get the satire. No, we know, we know. <laughs> Some I, people I, don't. <laughs> I'm from the UK. We do sarcasm quite a lot. But we jump to people. We conclude to just people being racist, which is almost like it's a bit of a, a way to bully yourself into a room instead of naturally mm. building relationships mm. with people, which takes time. It takes time. And we bully all... yourself. How do you bully yourself into a room? Well, you call someone a misogynist. You blame. Mm. You you never learn the difference between patriarchy and patriarchal oppression. They're two different things. But yeah. you know, yeah. we we listen to people like Beyonce who tell us that we need to be strong, independent women, whilst she stays with a husband who's cheated on her numerous times. Right. We believe that there are these celebrities are you false know, gods we, they we, really are we believe all of this all of these celebrities who are multi-millionaires telling us that we should think and feel something whilst they are in high top positions telling the mass oh it took me really long to get here no it took you tell be honest it took you hard work and it took it takes most people a lot of work to do to get there, I believe that everybody in their positions got there or are in their positions, not because they forced their way into a room. Because how many rooms have we been in where people, we, we look at people and we know that they don't deserve to be on that seat? Mm. Even though, So even though you are sat at that seat, you will still be treated as not qualified because you forced your way into the room. I meet so many people from so many backgrounds who I look at and meet and speak to who are deserved of the positions that they're in. My former CEO is a black male. 
and such. And he deserved to be in the position that he is. He worked for that position. There was no, I'm forcing my way in or I'm doing this. He, he, he has an MBE. I'm very sorry, Oz. If you are listening, I hope it is an MBE that you, it, you have. He has an MBE and he is completely qualified for that. He qualified that because he worked very hard for where, what he has. And I, and I, I feel like there is almost a, a sense of people. So we have all of these people now. Let's just if we go back to the race one. So we have a lot of black women or black men who want to be diversity and inclusion specialists with no background in sociology, no black background in psychology, no background in HR, no background in business, no background in cultural studies, no none of these backgrounds. So what is it that qualifies you to be in that position? Well, you know what it is. Can I can I give my answer? It's something if people look up this term called ethnic Gnosticism, where because of your, you know, we're using the race example, because of your melanin count, yeah. you are automatically the authority on the subject. And people who do not have the required melanin count, the thresh they don't meet that threshold, they're not allowed to talk about it. It's absolutely ridiculous because it's not based on your melanin count. It's based on your personal experience, your personal experience and your personal feelings about yourself and where you are in your life. Mm -hmm. There may be people who resonate somewhat because they may have experienced some of what you've experienced. But ultimately, you are going into a room to tell people that this is your experience and that they should treat you like this, not everybody else, which doesn't qualify you to be a specialist in diversity and inclusion. This is a special, you're a specialist of yourself. You are a specialist in talking and that's it. Yeah. Before we go any further, can we just assert that diversity inherently, it, it is a good thing. I, I, I At least yeah. that's the way I understand it, that all, all people, all races, all genders, all every, everybody benefits from diversity, especially in the workplace. You can you can vouch for that, right? I 100% vouch for there being diversity across the board from the head to the heart and then the exterior. Diversity is amazing and works. So yes, we agree with, we definitely agree diversity yes. 100% works. So diversity... When people that are in their positions have, have earned their positions based on, on merit is obviously the ideal scenario, but that's not always possible. Yeah. So I, so I always wonder, if you are the leader of a business, what is it that you want someone to be sat in permanently in your business called or titled the diversity and inclusion officer? What is it that you want them to achieve? What? Yeah. Because that because then that will help with the merits. So what is it that you want? To, is it that you want everybody to think how they do? Because if that's the goal, then, you know, you could, we could put anyone in that role. Totally. <laughs> that's, something, that's something I wanted to cover too. This is from actually PragerU. Jordan Peterson did a video with PragerU about diversity, equity, and inclusion. And diversity as the way it's being implemented now in corporations and in universities, it's not diversity of opinion at all whatsoever. That can't be tolerated. Instead, it is diversity of race, ethnicity, or sex. So that begs the question, what the heck is diversity? What is real, true diversity in your opinion? Is it even ethical to judge people 
on immutable characteristics and, and immutable obviously means unchangeable, permanent. Is it ethical to judge people on the, their race or their gender? No. If we, if it, if we collectively, if we all find, or most of us will find, if anyone judged me on the size of my breast or on, you know, or on my facial characteristics, whether or not you think I'm beautiful or not, we would all disagree. We would all say that is wrong that we shouldn't look at that. So in the same breath, we should have the same opinion with how people, what people's physical characteristics are, including their race. And um, we shouldn't care about what anybody's sexuality is because that's personal to us. Unless we chose, unless we decide to tell you that this is what we are and we want to open up that conversation. That shouldn't matter because I don't walk into a room and say, well, actually I'm, I'm, I'm heterosexual or I'm bisexual. Or I'm, you know, I don't have to lead with that. You don't have to lead with that right. because most people, when you are in the workplace setting, don't really care unless you are trying to pursue them. <laughs> um, Dr. Dr. Martin Luther King is the one that said, don't, I don't want to be judged by, the color of my skin, I'd rather be judged by the content of my character. And now we're yeah. told we're back to judging people by the color of their skin. Yeah. It's like it's positive discrimination. Like it's it's weird. It's a weird thing. It, it's such a weird thing. So but I do have to come back and have a bit of compassion because yes. most 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 people do read the tabloids. I don't read the tabloids, so I don't base my thoughts or feelings on what the tabloids tell me to, but most people do. So if you are the person who is at work, you have a job, you have a car, you have a nice house, you just so happen to be a black woman or man or a gay man or, you know, from the, someone from the LGBT background, and you just so happen to have a day that resonated with something you read in an article on, I don't know, the Daily Mail or something, or Vice, because Vice like doing that yeah. victimhood stuff now. Yeah. So you read one of these articles and you say, that's how I felt yesterday. And then you go into the workplace and you walk in with that feeling. You want people to validate that feeling for you. You want people to feel, you want people to, to, to empathize with how you're feeling, which is absolutely normal. We do want that often, you know, if we fall over, we want someone to validate the fact that we fell over and that we're a little bit sad and we need a plaster and that's fine we can do that for a day we can't do that for the entirety of our lives at some point we have to accept that what we are feeling may possibly be just an off day or we need to get rid of what we're consuming because sometimes what we're consuming is what's helping us to stay in that position. And then we turn it and then we turn what we're consuming into our natural thoughts and into ourselves. And then we yeah. go into the workplace and we want everybody to validate what we're feeling, which might not necessarily be our own feelings. Mm -hmm. You know, I want to move on to actually uh, inclusion. And it sounds like I don't want to speak for you, but it sounds like you disagree with this Jordan Peterson's definition of inclusion or the way mm -hmm. it's being the way it's being acted upon in today's world. Inclusion, the use of identity-based quotas to achieve this skewed definition of diversity and equity. 
So quotas, what do you yeah, think about them? I think quotas are, I, I feel like in a capitalist society, quotas are necessary because that's how we then learn how to sell to certain people. Mm -hmm. We learn that. So we, mm -hmm. we find what certain groups of people want. But in, in a workplace setting and, and just in society, I don't think we should use quotas to determine diversity. Yeah. Is this a real thing? Like, obviously, I've never worked in the corporate world. Everyone knows that. Do companies actually, and I know universities do, they, yeah. they have quotas of, you know, we have to, we, we're going to let in this many black people. We're going to let in this many Asian people. It's it's all systematized. This is like an actual thing in corporations too? Yes, it 100% is, but it's about what sells. It's about what sells. So if we can be the company that has a quota of a certain demographic that we're told are underachievers, then we look like we're, we're, we're fighting the social justice fight. We are, yeah, we are yeah. riding. So yes, they, it, it does exist, but I don't think it exists in a way that's harboring anything healthy in human thoughts and human behavior. It, it's harboring sales it's turning us into commodities as opposed to yeah. Uh, yeah as opposed to embracing the fact that there are definitely some people in the workplace that won't have come from a very well-off background and who may need a little bit of extra nurturing it won't harbor that it just says that this person exists in our building yeah, yeah i want to comment on the commodities part it's essentially saying immutable characteristics give you value yeah your skin color gives you value or yes. not. Yes. Your and gender gives you value or, or not. not. And that's yeah. a weird place to be in. It's such a strange place because we know that this doesn't make sense. Rational human beings, rational adult human beings know that this doesn't make sense. But there are so many rational adult human beings telling young human beings that that's what makes sense. What makes sense is that we talk to young people and say, here is my experience from life. Not the entire demographic of all the people who look like me, because we don't know all of them. Here is what my experience is. And I'd like you to not experience this or to experience this and act accordingly. And if it doesn't work for you, you figure it out. That's what we should be telling people that's how we we can articulate it but what we what we are doing from everywhere from in the home to school to colleges to universities to when you get arrive in the workplace we are saying you are going to be treated like this because you look like this yeah. which is unfair and and not realistic or, or the truth yes so big question here, Danique, oh. should race be a factor when hiring or should it should it not even be included on the application? And, and same goes for college admissions. Should mm. we just omit? And this is a discussion. This is a hot button issue. Yeah. Should race be omitted from the application entirely? Like, mm -hmm. should we be colorblind? We don't even know what who we're looking at. Okay, I have the capitalist side of me that says yes it should be included because you know we're capitalists we want to make money and we know that we can make money off of all of this categorizing people mm. but the actual human side of me says no we need to spend more time being doers instead of 
talking. We need to be the people that don't even need to put those categories on the forms because we know we have done enough to, to, to make sure we have a wide, diverse group of people in the pool. We shouldn't even have to put those on. But as I say, I'm a rational human being and I understand that for capitalism to work and thrive, we need to have those categories. Going back to diversity, what, what is more diverse? Is it adding Bernie Sanders to a group of 100 conservatives or is it adding Candace Owens, a black woman, to a group of 100 conservatives? I think having both of them is diverse. Mm-hmm. I think having both of them in the room is diverse because they, 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 we need both voices. They are both, both voices are necessary. And I think what, if we're, if we're talking in the political sense, what I think both sides do sometimes is they need, they still do have this need to pick someone who looks like something Mm -hmm. in order to have this voice. I think what we need to do is have both people in the room. And I think what we need to stop doing is crying when something doesn't sound how we want it to sound. Good stuff, Danique. This is this has been a really good conversation. I, I wanna I wanna give you the the floor to if is there anything that you wish we covered on diversity and inclusion that, that, that we that we didn't cover today? Anything that you that you wish you would have been able to say or, or nothing come to mind? I can move yeah. on to my my last question. So it's probably not a wish. It's just probably just going over the fact that I would love the conversation around diversity and inclusion and inclusion to be what it really should be not what I feel it's not about what I feel it's about how do we have these conversations with the understanding that we are all human and we will all have different experiences and that we can all safely go into a room and feel okay with having these different experiences obviously we don't want people to be violent with them but we would like to be in rooms many of many of us are already in rooms but we would like to be in rooms where we just feel psychologically safe to be someone who supports trump someone yeah, who diversity supports, of thought you know, there's diversity of thought and opinions and just go into a room and say you know what i don't agree with that but i can still yeah. work with you because your character is what yeah. makes you you one of the most dangerous things you can be nowadays, Danique, is being openly conservative, coming out as conservative. Yes. Coming out as a Trump supporter. And that, that's dangerous because uh, there really isn't much tolerance for diversity of thought nowadays, unfortunately. I, I don't know how we've, how we've gotten to this place. But, well, uh, because, we, um, because we hear all of Trump's thoughts, warts and all. Is that a phrase in the US? Warts and what? all, like we hear. I have no idea. Warts, oh, warts and all. So it's like, we hear everything. We He doesn't sugarcoat anything. He yeah, says yeah. exactly what he feels. And some of the stuff that he says is a bit, you know. Yeah, yeah. But he says it and we know it. And and the, and I'm, I believe the be- better the demon that you know than the one you don't know. And mm-hmm. I feel like we have gotten used to being in a world where we we are led to believe that if you are a Democrat leader, you are not a racist and you are not a bad person. You are Jesus Christ You're himself. Morally pure, you, know? you are morally pure, but we could potentially, and I'm going to upset people, we could potentially ask the people of Afghanistan, Iraq, Somalia, Pakistan, most of the Middle East, what they thought of Barack Obama. Oh, wow. 
you know so oh wow yeah. everybody isn't well as pure as we think yeah. we want them to be it's Ask our it, idea yeah. of, of what we're being sold yeah. to we're being sold the dream of someone who resonates with what we've been told to think and feel about people yeah I'll, I guess I'll ask that then of you from the perspective of the United Kingdom. What have what have your thoughts been on the whole election over the uh, the past couple of weeks? What 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 are you seeing from your from your view? What, how are people oh, over there seeing it in general? Well, the the thing is, is I'm from a country where we're all very nice to each other, and we don't often say what we yeah. mean, and it's mm. very you know. So hush, people hush, don't hush. like him over there. He, yeah, I mean, some people, I I walk into rooms sometimes or I, you know, do virtual rooms and immediately, and I guess it's just because I'm black, I get people saying, oh my gosh, I'm so glad Trump's gone and I'm so glad this. And I was like, okay, cool. But what is it that you're glad about? Because whatever happens in the US happens in the US and what's happening here, I feel is slightly more dangerous than what's happening in the US. It's just that the US do it with so much more drama and so much more, you know, the, the lights and stars are flashing yeah. there, whereas we're doing it all very politely and hushing each other. So I don't feel like I've had many conversations with people that are not feelings-based around the election in the UK. I've had so many great conversations with people from the US in particular, Angie C, if you're not connected to her, amazing lady to be connected to. Yes, yes, I am. She, so we, I had a really, we had a really long conversation, a really long conversation, about five hours long. And I just, it, she's just so clever and so smart. And she was able to, she has her feelings, but she's able to be a rational and have a rational conversation about why she became a conservative this year. I was compelled. I mean, it just, it still didn't move me. You know how my thoughts, I'm right down the centre. So I'm just like, yeah, you get to go, you get to go. I'll talk to anyone. But she, it was just a really nice conversation to have. Similarly to the conversations I have with you, where they're very rational. There's no, I don't like you. You know, I've been blocked by a few of my liberal yes. friends on LinkedIn because I am centred. And having conversations with people where we agree about some things, we disagree about others, but fundamentally all we want is humans to have a peaceful time on this planet whilst we're here. It, it's great to just have conversations with people who don't feel like blocking you because you've said that everybody should be able to, to have, a conversa have the conversation that they feel comfortable having. Well, Danique Blake, this has been wonderful. CulturedInsights.com to my friends with companies that want real diversity and inclusion training. Labeled Accordingly is her new podcast. And of course, you can find Danique on LinkedIn, Danique Blake on LinkedIn. Danique, that was awesome. Thanks. Thank you so much, Jordan. It's, you know, I love speaking to you. So. There you have it, my friends. This has been another episode of The Jordan Paris Show. Now, if you enjoyed today's episode, there are a couple of things that you can do. Number one is, of course, share with your friends and family. I think that they would really appreciate it. Number two, we have a free community, a censor-free community on Telegram. You can join that group at jordanparis.com group. I'd love to meet you. And lastly, your voice is powerful and it is important. And if you'd like to use your voice and start your own podcast, I'd love to help you out. jordanparis.com course is where you can find my free course on how to become a rock star podcaster. That's all. 
Thanks everyone for listening. And I'll catch you on the next episode of The Jordan Paris Show.